0: Welcome to the first official episode of the Infernal Mafia, where we talk about eggs and balls and stuff.
1: I'm Kayla, and that's Sarah. And here's the thing, everybody. Infertility blows. Let's just get that out on the table right off the bat. Uh, We know how hard it is, and that's why we're here for you and why we're doing this. So if you're listening because you're going through infertility, or maybe you're someone who wants to understand it better, you're in the right place. We really want to create a conversational forum to talk about this stuff. So having said that, we should also explain that we're not doctors. We can't offer any medical advice, nor would you want us to. (laughs) (laughs) We're not experts on anything medical. Uh, But I feel like we are experts in the field of knowing that infertility blows
0: yeah we have
1: we have freaking phds in that arena so anyway this stuff can be very daunting confusing especially at first so we're just going to be your girlfriend that you can sit and vent with try to sort through all this infertility mumbo jumbo so because this is our first official episode we're going to start off by sharing our own history with you Um, Our experience is going to come out over the course of the podcast, so we'll just give you the bullet points now. Um, That said, if you have questions about our individual history, email us at infertilemafia at gmail.com. And later in the episode, we're going to move on to sharing some comments from you about some really great and some really terrible advice that you've heard about trying to get pregnant. We got some doozies, but...
0: Sarah, get us started with your history. Before I get started, I'm going to give some stats about TTCing, and these are from the New Kids Center. 30% of couples get pregnant in one menstrual cycle, so that's one month. So that's three out of ten people. And then within three months, what? Three out of ten get pregnant the first try, is what you're saying? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and then... About <laughs> six out of ten get pregnant within three cycles. Uh so sixty so percent of the population it only takes them three times. Yeah, and then eight out of ten get pregnant within six cycles. Okay. I don't know. How I'm that not makes feeling you feel. I'm not feeling any better. So. No, no. <laughs> so most people <laughs> will get pregnant within six cycles. Right. And then after that it kind of varies one more person may get pregnant within 12 cycles but after but that then that's where you yeah. find all of us yeah and then there's us who don't <laughs> get pregnant within any cycles without help so my ttc history um we started in 2013 and Within the first six months, like I was having weird cycles and I'm gonna make this quick because there's a lot to it. But basically we ended up finding out that I have PCOS and both of my tubes were blocked. So I got those removed and then we did IVF and that first round did not work. Then we went to a new clinic and we did IVF again and we got pregnant with our son and recently, we just did a frozen embryo transfer with our little frozen embryo, who was a morula. Like it didn't even make it to the blastocy- blastocyst stage, but we are pregnant now. And I'm nine Yay. weeks. Yay. So that's a very, very short TTC history for me. Right.
1: Fallopian tubes are blocked and that fast tracked you to IVF. So basically, yes. But it
0: it actually took a while to even get to that point. Surgery to get them removed. Yeah, but yeah, I would definitely suggest getting them removed. I'm not a doctor though, so (laughs) maybe don't listen to me. (laughs) If they're blocked, because having blocked (laughs) fallopian tubes is bad. Right. Always consult your doctor before
1: removing anything from your body. Right. Um, Okay. So my infertility story. Bill and I got married on the beach in the fall of 2012, knowing we'd start trying pretty much right away. Fast forward (laughs) to a year, over a year of trying naturally, um, we eventually sought help from an RE, and initially we were diagnosed with male factor infertility and MTHFR right away, Um, And we did what we could to treat those. Um, For anyone who doesn't know what MTHFR is, we will get to that. But it is basically a gene mutation that um, can cause blood clotting and other fertility issues with women. Wait, Um, is it just women? Well, men and women can have it. But, in fact, Bill has it, too. Really? He has the same mutation as me. Yeah. Um, Which means... Both of our children have it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but it only it really it's not going to present itself like as a problem in pregnancy in men for obvious reasons because they can't get pregnant. Um, But anyway, so we we did what we could to treat those, um, and then we moved on to try IUI intrauterine insemination. Both of those cycles were medicated. Um, Neither one of them worked, so we moved on to IVF and our first round resulted in a singleton pregnancy but unfortunately i miscarried around nine weeks and from there my re was pretty stumped she just was not sure what the heck happened so she actually sent me to a reproductive immunologist and that's where everyone just needs to buckle up and hang on for the ride because it got real interesting after that so i'm going to skip over a lot of those details but basically I began being treated, it's a pretty intense treatment for inflammation. And then we went on to do a second embryo transfer over a year later using frozen embryos from the first IVF. It resulted in a chemical pregnancy. Um, then we transferred our last two frozen embryos and and we now have two beautiful twin girls named Sydney and Gianna. Yay! Yay. So, as you can see, Sarah and I both have like completely different and complicated stories, equally challenging in their own way. Definitely. Yeah. And between the two of us, we've come across so many different unique stories and situations and why people find themselves in the infertility community. Um, and I know for both of us, sharing our story with each other and other people and getting to know other people in this community has been really an amazing source of support. Um, Infertility can be so lonely, especially when you first realize that this is your reality. So that's kind of what we wanted to talk about next. So Sarah, I want you to talk to me about how you felt when you realized that getting pregnant wasn't going to be as easy as you thought it would be.
0: Well, I think that the first couple months of trying to get pregnant were almost the worst in a way because you're like yeah I'm gonna get pregnant and then you don't and it's this Mm -hmm. huge letdown but then after a while you're like oh yeah I didn't get pregnant again and you're still (laughs) sad about it but not as sad because your hopes aren't up as much as they were at first when you thought you were normal and (laughs) and then it was just like yeah something's going on something's wrong because I like I didn't have a period for like three months, and then I had a month long period, so I was like, okay, this can't be good for baby making, right? So, I I think I was just like, yeah, <laughs> I guess I'm infertile. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I I think I pretty much accepted it right at first because I'm like, of course I am. <laughs> mm. You know, I don't know why I would think, yeah, of course, but. You could go back and look at my YouTube videos if you want to see my reaction to finding out I was infertile. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because I'm trying to think, like, how I felt, but it is all on video. So (laughs) you can go back and see. I mean, how did you feel when you first realized that you were having problems?
1: I honestly, I was, like, so naive to it all at first. I had no reason to think that we'd be an infertile couple um, because no one in our family, our parents, our siblings, this has not happened to anyone that we know, Um, which also meant I had zero concept of what it meant to be like a TTCer. I just, Mm. I was so naive to it. In fact, I remember at the time I had a friend we've since like grown apart. um, She doesn't live in Chicago anymore, but... Um, at the time, she, she's an OBGYN, and mm. I remember sitting down and talking to her one night at dinner, and we'd been trying for like three months, and I was thinking that this might be our reality. Like, what if we're one of those people that's just going to take us a while? And I remember her sitting down and basically describing an IUI. Well, if it doesn't happen for you, there's some things you can do. Like, they can take his sperm and, like, stick this thing up your vagina, <laughs> and, and she's describing... IUI and I'm just like horrified because I I remember thinking in my head like isn't there a pill I can take? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't there a pill someone can take to just make this all go away? You know like it seems like so many other things in life you can just like take a pill for it or you want this immediate instant gratification I mean you you could
0: take opioids you know.
1: Right. Well there are some pills you can take to um, (laughs) yeah to take some things away and and there are some pills you can take to get pregnant like I mean, hello sometimes. all my clomid users yeah but the point was i just didn't realize how complicated it was gonna be mm-hmm. and how hard it is um that there's really not a quick fix for infertility well and your um,
0: situation's like super complicated because it's an immune thing right
1: Yeah, well, that's my main, yeah, infertile issue, yeah, is my whacked out immune system.
0: Well, and it's uh, partly on your husband's side, right? Yes, yes. We
1: share the burden 50-50,
0: which is actually kind of nice. That is nice, because I I felt a lot of guilt (laughs) about it. Right. Because it was just me. Everything's fine with Peter. Right. He has super sperm. (laughs) <laughs> that will never get me pregnant naturally. Right.
1: <laughs> right. Well, honestly, th- that's the thing. It was like, I think it made me feel better almost when I got that diagnosis because he didn't have to carry all of the weight. Yeah. You know? mm mm-hmm. um, It actually, in, in some ways, was a little bit of a relief, um, even though it sucked. And it got a whole lot more complicated, but it it was nice in other ways.
0: Yeah, no, I totally get that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, moving on, as time creeps on, you you start to wonder, you know, four months, five months, six months, and then you start thinking about maybe seeing a doctor, and then you realize, at least at my age, like, we no known fertility history that we knew of, and I was an advanced maternal age, so now you realize you have to, like, wait a year, mm. which can feel like forever when you're trying to get pregnant, um, forever to not have any answers about why you can't. Yeah. And so I started doing what a lot of us do. I started Googling.
0: I thought you were going to say, I started (laughs) lying so I can get into the (laughs) doctor. (laughs) Yeah, I bet a lot of people do do that, actually. They do. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course I've been trying for a year. There's no shame in that game. Right. Right. I guess I didn't even think about that. Huh. I mean, after six months, usually something's up.
1: Right. To your earlier stats. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Most people are going to get pregnant in six months unless there's something going
0: on. Yeah. I mean, some people do get pregnant after 12 months on their own. Right. Right. It's possible. It's certainly possible. And like you were saying, like no one around you had infertility. Seems like... In my family, like everyone had some sort of infertility. <laughs> mm. It took my mom two years to get pregnant with me. Oh, uh, okay. And then my cousin did IVF, so it was kind of
1: So it's probably a little thing. bit in your head already. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas with me it was just like like I was saying, I had no concept. Yeah. Like, which would be very hard. Like Yeah. It's, it's just a hard thing to wrap your head around. So Like I was about to say, when you start Googling, you can Google any question about trying to conceive or trying to get pregnant or like breathing the air around pregnant people. And there will be a question that pops up on a forum that somebody's already asked it and somebody's already replied about it. You get all these crazy responses in these TTC forums. Um And the first thing I realized was all these people were speaking a different language. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the heck are they talking about? The acronyms. Oh, my gosh. This is one of the things I noticed when I was like a new TTCer. That's trying to conceive for anyone who's a new -er. TTCer. Were these crazy acronyms. And I wanted to ask you. Well, we're going to do an acronym quiz. I'm going to quiz Sarah. In just I a will know all of them. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like you. Re- I feel like you will. Yeah. Because I picked the easiest one.
0: Well, not only are there acronyms for TTCing, but just on baby center, right? In general, just yeah. everyday type of talking. There's acronyms, right. right? Everywhere. But
1: I wanted to get your opinion. I heard this. Um from someone else that she felt like the acronyms that people use in the infertility community exclude other people like that are new coming or just in general she felt like they exclude people and I was curious your opinion on that
0: I don't think they exclude people I think they're there to save you typing yeah they're (laughs) it's just convenience because the words are so long some of them are long But you're saying the same things over and over and over again. Right. So you just shorten them to letters. Right. And you have to learn it to really get into the TTC community.
1: Right. Another quick Google search and you can
0: find every single (laughs) TTC acronym known to man. And after a few times of reading it, you'll be like, oh, I know what that means. Yeah. You get the hang of it.
1: Um, But yeah. Okay. So. If anyone's new to the the TTC community, here's a little acronym quiz. We're going to teach you like some of the top 10 acronyms that you'll see in these message boards, forums, whatever. Which, by the way, we don't recommend that you spend a lot of time in these places because some of them are very sketch.
0: Well, some, of <laughs> I mean, I spend some time on the message boards, like just reading for yeah. fun. Right. They're entertaining. Instead of reading just, a book, I read yeah. about family drama. <laughs> I guess
1: we should put we should say don't like these are not doctors either they're Mm -mm. just people talking they're like they're like us
0: the general (laughs) trying to get pregnant boards you probably are going to get a lot of misinformation yeah but the more advanced boards you'll probably get some good information if you are to that point but you don't want to go in there asking like general TTC questions because people will probably attack you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, lots of trolls on the internet. Yeah. So, anyway, okay, so here's the acronym quiz. I have full faith, guys, that Sarah is going to get every single one of these. Okay, ready, Sarah? I'm ready. Okay, we already did the first one freebie TTC is. Oh, trying to conceive? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. The, the next one, it's four all together, but they're all they they're all connected. Okay. D H, D W,
0: D S, D D. Okay. So it's dear husband, dear wife, <laughs> dear son, dear daughter. Yeah. Which I don't really get the dear thing, but what like it's I, not that hard to type out wife. or Well, son. I think it's so you know that it's like your husband, right? Yeah. And I you just, know what they that... call their husbands they're mad at? Hmm. It's D-U-H. Dear. I'm not quite sure. Ugly husband. dumb husband. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Moving on. B-D. Baby dancing. I hate that one. I don't like that one either. Okay. A-F. Aunt Flo. Aunt Flo. Uh, A-F means something else to me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, in the general public, it means something else. Yes. Um, OPK. Ovulation predictor
1: kit. Very good, Sarah. Okay, POAS. P on a stick. Yes, that means you've taken a pregnancy exam. Uh, a pregnancy Ta- exam? At-home
0: <laughs> pregnancy test, usually. At-home
1: pregnancy test, yes. Okay, BFP or BFN. Big fat positive or big fat negative. Mm-hmm. In response to you, POS. P-O-A-S-ing? Yes. P- yeah. Okay. C-D. What was it? C as in cat. D as in dog. Oh, like, c- cycle day. Yes. You usually see C-D-10, C-D-4. Yeah. yeah. This is in telli- letting everyone know what day of your cycle you- <laughs> it is. <laughs> D-P-O. Uh, days past ovulation. Very good. Um, two WW two week wait, two week wait, everybody. And my personal favorite EWCM
0: egg white cervical mucus, mucus. Ooh. Love, love it. Love <laughs> to talk
1: about cervical mucus on message boards. Yes, yeah,
0: EWCM. <laughs> you know, you've seen the pictures of it too. Oh, my gosh. That's not cool if you sneak attack a picture on a message Mm-mm. board. Nobody wants to see
1: that. This is why we're telling you to stay out of the message boards, unless you want to see other people's cervical mucus stay out of message boards. Yeah. <laughs> okay, she got 100%. I Woo! knew she would. Um, but I think you'll agree. Once you learn the lingo, you do start to get connected. To get connected. And once I got connected with other people going through infertility, it really gave me a lot of hope. And I felt like I got some wind back in my sails and I didn't feel alone anymore. Um, I had this like camaraderie with other people that knew what we were going through. And I could hear about success stories from real people, which was really helpful for me. Um, so I. I wanted to talk a little bit about just what gave us hope in those early days of TTCing, and for me, it really was when I um, began my YouTube channel and started connecting with other TTCers. Because, like I, I've mentioned already, up to that point, I was so alone. I didn't have any friends, any family that I could I could talk to him about it, but nobody understood. So. I had this strange world I was living in where I felt in some ways more connected to complete strangers than I did to people in my own family. And so I wanted to tell everybody how I found you, Sarah. Okay. So I had we had just started our YouTube channels. This is going back like what, four or five years? Two
0: thousand fourteen? Yeah. Right? About four years ago. Yeah.
1: So I'm I had just started my channel and really my, mo- my main motivation at the time was just to document my history, like what I was going through. I just had no idea I was going to get all this support back from people, but I was looking for other people going through TTC the same time as me. And I found a video of Sarah's ch- on Sarah's channel and I tuned in and I saw this girl with this really awesome short platinum blonde pixie cut and she had this really awesome Hello Kitty pink guitar in the background and I thought to myself we have to be friends now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was during my quarter life crisis. Oh (laughs) I assume that guitar is yours not Yeah yeah that's my that's my guitar. <laughs> we
1: both play guitar, everybody. This is one of those things we have in common. <laughs> you play a
0: lot better than me. How do you know? Uh, I know, for sure. <laughs> I am more of a piano player. I just kind of play the guitar. <laughs> well, I just kind
1: of play the piano, so that that that's a good combination. Whenever we get together, we're going to have to have a jam session. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, all that to say like I made some really good friends through the infertility community and that was one of the things that really gave gave me a lot of hope in the early days was connecting to people even if they um just just that sense of like I'm not alone you understand what I'm going through that was a huge help for me um Sarah what
0: what did what worked for you I think the same thing um I would read on It was an app. I think it was called just Period or something. Period Tracker. Did you ever use that app? I think I did. I know I used
1: some kind of app. I don't remember exactly what it was called, but that sounds familiar. It has
0: a flower for the picture. Yes. Yes. But they have forums. I don't know if most people know that there's actually a community forum for that app. And I was in the TTC section and this girl posted her YouTube video. Mm. And I was like, what? People are talking about this on YouTube? And I followed it, and her name was Shay. And so I I kind of fell into the rabbit hole of YouTube. Yes, and it is a rabbit hole. Yeah, then I just started making videos, too, to connect with other people because it seemed like that was an easier way to do it than just being an anonymous person on the Internet. And right, yeah. And then I started talking to other people who were making YouTube videos about it. I feel like it's almost safer, in a way, like at the time because you could see them and they could see you. Sure. But yeah, I I think your first YouTube video was probably about your hysteroscopy. No, your HSG. My hysterosalpingogram. Yes. Some that or your saline ultrasound, whatever. Oh yeah. That's called. And they I were both. <laughs> I remember you saying when I stood up, it was like a waterfall. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so that was my saline
0: yeah. sonogram.
1: Yeah. I think I said Niagara Falls in my pants.
0: Yes, yes, that's what it was. <laughs> and I remember thinking about that when I was having mine, and I'm like, mm-hmm. when I stand up, <laughs> this is gonna happen. <laughs> And yeah, it, your videos were so funny and like well put together. That's what um, oh, got well, me thanks. about them because you like, yeah, you took a lot of uh, creative editing to it. I tried it. Th- that's the
1: thing. It became like a project for me, almost like a therapeutic type creative project for me. Which is something I'm sure we'll talk about, like, dealing with this thing that you can't, you have really very little control over and finding other outlets to, yes. you know, like help, help yourself get through it. And I think that was one of them for me. Like, it became kind of a fun thing to put together. It, it helped. It, I could scratch my creative itch a little bit. Um, and so that was another thing, like, that helped me,
0: really. Yeah, and most of the people who would comment were nice. I mean, there were a couple weirdos that yeah, had them. You get a few trolls. Some guys would be like, I'll get you pregnant.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't stop. think you can Stop.
0: Stop. Just stop. <laughs> yeah, but delete block. Yeah. yeah. Some um, people were like
1: that, You're right. But... The overwhelming amount is positive. Anyway, speaking of of online friends, I think I think we should hear from some of our online friends right Um, yeah so we posted in our facebook group which if you're not a part of it go ahead and join it's a closed facebook group um, called the infertile mafia Uh, we posted on facebook and on our instagram account which is at infertile mafia um, this question two questions but i'm gonna answer the first one The first question was, what's the worst or weirdest advice anyone has ever given you about trying to conceive? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read from some of the responses that we got uh, from Facebook first. And I'm going to read Ashley's first because she actually listed a bunch (laughs) that then people subsequently went on to say, yes, this too, or Listed some of the same things that she said, which to me says, these are really common. People hear this a lot.
0: Yeah, I feel bad for Ashley because she gets a lot of idiots, like, saying stuff to her. <laughs> so, yeah, Sarah knows Ashley personally. Yeah, they're, they're friends. We are friends, and she just has a lot of insensitive people. She works at a hospital. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Mm. There's a lot of fertile people there. Mm-hmm. These are the. Sorry, Ashley. Maybe like fertile older ladies saying this. Fertile older (laughs) ladies. I mean, they might not be fertile anymore, but they were. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. (laughs) They never had any trouble
1: conceiving, so they're happy to share their unsolicited advice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So these are all from Ashley. Number one stop stressing. It will happen when you stop thinking about it. Number two. Why don't you just adopt? Everyone's favorite. Um, Number three, maybe you just weren't meant to have children. Why don't you go ahead and put a knife right through my chest? Um, I added that. Ashley didn't say that. Okay. Uh, Number four, you should just have sex more. Number five, I know somebody that went through the same thing Blank worked for them. You should try
0: that. They're trying to be helpful with that one. Like, I can't get too mad about it, but at the same right. time, it is annoying. Right. These are
1: all super common. I feel like everyone somewhere along the way has heard one of these from somebody. Um, but I love Valerie's response to all of this, which I'm going to read next. So Valerie was saying... She agrees with all of the above. And then she added, and let me say that I wish I could have relaxed and that would have magically taken away my septate uterus, PCOS, male factor infertility, and MTHFR. Damn. (laughs) Right. So that's the thing that makes some of those comments so frustrating is because there is no amount of relaxing or not stressing Or having more sex that will take away actual medical issues that people have. And that's why, you know, some of those really common ones that you hear can be just so frustrating. Anyway, okay, so moving on. Mandy, who we're both friends with, um, who lost her son, Ethan, at 22 weeks, terrible, terrible tragedy. Um, so someone said this to her after after she lost Ethan, You are young, you can have more babies. Oh, uh, that's horrible. Yeah. Why would uh, why would they say that to her? I don't know. She lost Ethan. Um, she has an incompetent cervix, and she she lost him, and the whole thing was was incredibly traumatic. And I'm sure we'll hear a lot more from her. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine. And then it only gets worse, really, from there, <laughs> things that people have said to her. Um, the second thing she listed was, it was God's will. Um, what? <laughs> I just, I don't understand yeah. that. Why would someone say it's God's will to lose a child? That's just, it's just wrong. Um and then the last thing she wrote was somebody said to her, maybe if you pray harder or repent of your sins, God will find you worthy and you won't have any more losses. And then she wrote my face when I got told this. And then she, she put the little mad face emoji, the little red face. And then she said, what I did once I was alone after being told this. And then she put the, the sad face
0: with the tears. I would let all the air out of their tires when they least <laughs> expect it because that is messed up brutal like I want to know who said that so I can find them brutal it's just brutal I would have
1: reacted. yeah I would have react- yeah, reacted the same way I would have bawled my eyes out um yeah I just can't believe the audacity of some people and th- this is obviously a hopefully a worst case scenario I'm sure some people have heard worse um But it's just hard when people say things like this to you and it's hard to recover from, honestly, like psychologically, it's hard to get something like that out of your head. It can be so hurtful. Um, Okay, our next comment is from Brett. And this this is something a doctor told her in an IVF clinic. I had a doctor who ran an IVF clinic tell me that I had to stop taking BBT and OBK, OPKs. That's basal body temping and oh, I was going to say, predictors. I don't know what
0: the BBT is.
1: <laughs> <gasps> we found one you don't know. I could have figured basal it out. Basal body temping. <laughs> Listen, every time I hear basal body temp, I just want a caprese salad. Mm, yeah, that sounds good. Because I think of basil. Even though it's not the same, it's not spelled the same, it's definitely not the same thing. <laughs> it makes me think of basil, and then I want a Caprese salad. Okay, sorry, back to her comment. I had a doctor who ran an IVF clinic tell me that I had to stop taking BBTs and OB- OPKs because it, quote, decreases chances of success. Mind you, this was in preparation for a TI cycle that's timed intercourse, not oh. IVF. <laughs> I was like, TI. <laughs> we found another one Ooh. she doesn't know everybody the secret's out sarah you're not as savvy as you thought i guess not <laughs> so this is basically her doctor telling her to stop ovulation tracking is basically what so that
0: is. how was she supposed to track ovulation well
1: so i when i read this and let me finish with Let me finish what she said. Needless to say, I changed clinics. Um, And I think that was probably the right choice for you. I'm sure that was the right choice for you. Um, I mean, I could could maybe see a doctor saying this because we tend to rely so heavily on stuff like OPKs. And chances are they're not always accurate. Mm -hmm. So... I'm guessing maybe I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. I'm not like trying to defend him. Um, maybe he maybe doctors just want to say, like, just stick to having sex every couple of days. And then there's no way you're you know, you'll miss your fertile window in a timed intercourse cycle as opposed to like, just relying on OPKs. But regardless, hmm. that's a terrible thing to
0: say to a patient. Like, yeah, I wonder if it was medicated, like with a trigger shot.
1: Yeah, I don't think it was because she was just saying it was just a timed intercourse cycle. So I don't think it was. I don't know, Brett, you can write in and give us some more details on that. Yeah, I need more Um, details. Yeah, we need more details. Um, But regardless, it's just a terrible thing to say to a patient. It sounds really insensitive. I would be like, dude, I've got an acronym for you. (laughs) K-Y-A. Know your audience. I mean, it's just don't say
0: that. To someone who's trying to conceive, like he should know better. So, I had a doctor tell me that OPKs were old fashioned. Yeah, see, same thing. I just, it's just not helpful. It's not helpful. It was an OBGYN, and they don't really know what they're doing. So <laughs> when it comes to fertility, like they're good at catching babies, but they're good at catching babies. <laughs> I mean, I would hope they're good at c- catching babies because that's a big part of their job. But yeah, they're not fertility doctors. Right. And if you have an OBGYN trying to be a fertility doctor, find yourself a reproductive endocrinologist. endocrinologist. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, all that to say,
1: you really need to be confident with your doctor because they play such an important role in all this, which we're definitely going to talk about in a later episode. Um, Okay, so I have one more. And this is actually an email from Cynthia. Hi, Sarah and Kayla. I know both of you from YouTube. Kayla, my husband, also has MFI, male factor infertility, which we recently learned about after TTCing for almost two years. Upon learning this news, I was hanging out with a friend and talking to her about what we were going through. She had just had her third baby and said to me, You can have some of my husband's sperm. It works really well. Gross. (laughs) And she rolled her eyes while she said it as if she was annoyed that they were so fertile. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt for being a total bitch (laughs) 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 because she was sleep deprived with a newborn and two older children. But what I wanted to say was, thanks, but no thanks. I don't want your husband's effing sperm and maybe you should lay off of it too. I know she wasn't trying to be hurtful, but people who don't go through infertility just don't understand how hurtful a comment like that can be. I think she was just trying to make a joke, a bad joke, but I know she didn't mean to hurt my feelings. I feel like the hurtful things that people close to me have said, like friends and family, cut a lot deeper than a stranger or casual acquaintance. I guess it makes infertility feel even lonelier when those closest to you just don't get it. Curious if either of you feel the same way. Thanks to both of you for sharing your journeys. it has helped me a lot. Cynthia. Oh I know. I think Cynthia nailed it. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent that hurtful things that people close to you say cut way deeper than a stranger. and for me it tend well. Even things that weren't hurtful, but just things that people close to me would say about it. Like I tended to isolate myself further from them, pulling away from relationships with those people in an attempt to just avoid the topic altogether. Mm -hmm. Um, That's tough to hear. But I think I think she handled it with a lot of grace. Like, yeah, that's really big of you to realize that what she said was hurtful, but not intentionally hurtful. And secretly, I think secretly, I would be happy that she's sleep-deprived. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I think the majority of things people say to us come from that place of, like, they either don't know what to say or they don't... Or they're trying to be helpful, but it's not... You know, like, most of the time, people aren't trying to be hurtful. But maybe... This is a great time to start a conversation with someone about how a comment like that is really crappy. And you know, maybe not right in that moment when you're feeling emotional, but at mm-hmm. some point it might be good to revisit that with her and point it out, um, especially with people you're close to.
0: I don't know. I feel like some people just will never get it, especially yeah. if they are if they have a bunch of kids, like
1: yeah. Or if That's they true. have
0: like some sort of Thing against fertility treatments because of their religion oh, well, or that's whatever. A whole nother story. Yeah, I, yeah. I could go into that. Like, I was trying to think, was there anyone who said anything? And I can think of one specific person, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
1: No, you're right. There are some people that will never get it, and you, you'll know who that is in your life. Like the people that you could have an open conversation with about the stuff, and and the ones that you know you probably couldn't. And if you need to distance yourself from those people, then do that.
0: Yeah. If they need to know information on a uh, need to know basis, right. they can be that person and find right. out with general public about things. Right. Did you um, want to
1: add to Cynthia's email or want to talk about any like bad or
0: weird advice you got, Sarah? Um, there was one from Instagram from oh, yeah. Molly Ann Nichols. Mm hmm. She said, I don't know how many people over my seven year journey asked me if I tried putting my legs above my head. <laughs> Laugh out loud. If it were only that easy. Right. I actually read something about the legs over the head thing, like <laughs> having no. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. Right. Maybe not getting up like right after you do it can help. Yeah. But you also want to pee right after you do it because you do not want to get a urinary tract infection. (laughs) So. that Legs over your head thing. That doesn't work. It's bogus.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's not
0: going to make you fertile. No.
1: Um, No. And it's certainly not going to solve some of these, the larger fertility
0: issues that we're going to talk about. No. (laughs) That's going to do absolutely nothing. And, like, putting in a, what are they called, like, diva cup or something yes. afterwards?
1: Yes, I have notes to talk about that on our oh, next do you? episode. Okay,
0: well, I won't talk about it now, then, but... That, but that's another thing that people do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't remember anyone giving me really bad advice as far as TTCing goes, but mm-hmm. if they did, I probably was just like, yeah, whatever.
1: Yeah. Ignore. You're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I didn't have any, like, really terrible advice either. But one thing I do remember being super annoyed with were comments like, well, at least you can still da-da-da-da-da. Like, at least you can sleep in on the weekends and at least you don't have to, you know, deal with tantruming toddlers. And, you know, it was just like, roll my eyes. Like, people kind of complaining about their kids, basically, like, saying, you've got it great being childless you can Mm -hmm. just go wherever you want do whatever you want that okay yeah maybe that's true that that is a great thing about not having kids but that does not make you feel any better when
0: you're trying to have one I can't remember if anyone ever said anything like that to me I mean a lot of my friends don't have kids so maybe that Mm. helps helps with that type of thing yeah, I remember one of my friends being like, "Oh, take advantage of not going out when you want and right. just like being able to go to Target when you want." And I was like, "Yeah, well, I want to have a baby." Yeah, yeah. It's just not. It's just not helpful. It doesn't make you feel better. And now but, I'm like, Yeah, I mean, I get it now, but yeah, At the same right. time, I- if they're complaining about their kids, I'm like, Yeah, I'm glad your life sucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's here's the thing. If anyone is listening because they want to understand how to be more supportive of someone going through infertility, here's the advice people want to hear from you. Nothing. 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 I was going to say, are you going to say something? Because I don't want to hear
0: any advice from anyone.
1: (laughs) Exactly. No, maybe try a hug instead. Tell that person that you love them, you support them. Ask them if there's anything you can do for them. Unless you've been through it, they don't want to hear your
0: advice. They just want to feel supported. That's it. Or let them know that you're an ear that will listen to their struggles and not stop talking to them. Yeah. If and when they want to talk. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if they are the kind of person that would like for you to ask how things are going, ask. But they might not be the type of person who wants to know. Right. It just really depends on the individual. It does. Like I said, just
1: just support them. That's all, that's all you need. You don't need to say anything. Just be supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of support, Sarah, let's hear some good advice
0: that we got from people. Okay. Ashley, my friend, <laughs> she said, Never give up. Anything worth having will never come easy. You're going through this for a reason. And then... Going through this for a reason is different than everything happening for a reason. Yes. I mean, I feel like I'm a Wait, better did you write person. that down? Because I wrote that down. You wrote that down. Oh. Was
1: that you saying that?
0: <laughs> yes,
1: that's me saying that. Because I don't like everything happens for a reason. Personally, that doesn't make me feel better. No. Um, but everything happens, you're going through this for a reason is different in my mind.
0: I mean, like afterwards, I feel... I'm. I'm a better person, probably, for going through infertility. Like, I'm a more compassionate person. Right. But at the time, going through everything, if you're like, this is happening because you're an asshole. (laughs) But afterwards, you're not going to be an asshole. So, I mean, it's a good thing this happened to you. Right. (laughs) Okay, Mandy gave this advice to herself. You are strong, and while your understanding of the pain is limited right now... Just know you have God on your side. I just need to lean into my faith, however, how shaken it may be, and know that God will give me the strength to continue fighting for my take-home baby. And Valerie said, probably the v- best advice was just not being judgmental and of supportive of all the things we had to do, even if the person didn't understand it. Which is everything we just talked about. Yes. Yeah. So true. So true. And then I think we had one from Instagram, right? Yeah. Um, That's from Molly Ann Nichols. Her Instagram handle is at Molly Ann Nichols. And she said, visual, (laughs) this, wow. (laughs) I cannot say this. (laughs) Visualize your ability to speak, Sarah. (laughs) Visualize myself saying the sentence right. (laughs) Okay. Visualize yourself pregnant And your life with your baby in it. Believe that someday, somehow, it will happen. Um, I thought that was really good advice. Like, when I freak out or, like, when I'm doing something that I'm scared of, I visualize what will happen after that is good. And it makes me calm down. So, I like that advice.
1: Yeah, I think it's really solid. It's just, it's one of those, like, I mean, it's like stay positive, basically. Yeah. Keep positive. Like the power of your mind is great. It's really powerful. So just try to stay positive. It reminds me of the affirmations I did when I went on to get pregnant. Um, because I was so scared of losing the pregnancy. And it's just that same idea of like keep, just keeping positive thoughts in, in your
0: mind. Um, what was some good advice you got?
1: You personally.
0: Uh, some of my best advice. Oh, I mean, some advice I would give is find the right doctor for you. Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of different styles, as far as doctors go. I really like my doctor because he's very blunt, and he's not a cheerleader type of doctor, and he makes decisions quickly, and he'll tell you like, "What's up." Yeah. Which I like. But if you do not like that kind of doctor who's going to tell you to lose weight or whatever, (laughs) then you do not want... My doctor, you'd probably want to find someone who's very, like, tread softly type doctor. Sure. Yeah. My best advice
1: actually is a little bit in the same vein because it came from my doctor. My RE, I felt it gave me the most practical advice. And that was to sort of, like, keep my emotions in check as I got deeper and deeper into infertility treatments. Because she, she was sitting down with me before our first IUI, and we were talking about, like, medicating with it, adding in Follistem. And she, she sort of had a reality check with me, like, just so you know, the more you do to yourself the more invested you're going to be in this and the more disappointing it can be if it doesn't go exactly how you want. And I think her point was that she was encouraging me to like find balance in my life and not let the goal of having the baby just be the only thing, um, which is so hard not to do when you're in this place. But I think it's great advice because there is there's so much more to every person than, you know, procreating. Um, But she she came at it from, she conceived her own children via IVF. So she like really got the emotional side, the emotional toll. And so she was constantly, I almost feel like when I would have a consult with her, it would be more of like an emotional check-in than even a clinical one, which I liked. That's so so sweet. Yes, and she was really funny and very positive and upbeat, but I never forgot that piece of advice as we kept getting deeper and deeper into things to like pull myself back sometimes and just not let myself get so consumed.
0: That's kind of what I did when we did IVF with our new clinic both times. Um, I was like, your life is good right now, and even if you don't (laughs) get pregnant, your life is going to still be the same and it will be happy, you know, right. like you're happy with your husband. Yes. And then I told myself if we didn't get pregnant, I would plan like a big trip somewhere because we never go anywhere mm-hmm. because even now our life revolves around when are we going to do IVF again? Yeah. How much is it going to cost? And right. like we haven't went on a trip since like a big trip since 2013, right before we started TTC. Right. But that's kind of weird that your doctor did IVF because my doctor did IVF too. What? Yeah. I wonder if they just, like, they needed it. Like, I don't know if my doctor needed it or... I'm pretty sure mine did. I don't know. I didn't ask. I wasn't like, so why did you do IVF? Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever want to ask people in the waiting room, so, what you here for? (laughs) (laughs) What's your story? (laughs)
1: I feel like the IVF waiting room or the the waiting room at an infertility
0: doctor is like ice cold. <laughs> it is. I feel like people would hate me if I started talking to them.
1: Yes. I feel like nobody's trying to make eye contact. Nobody's trying to make friends. Everybody is like pretending like they're enjoying that, you know. Candy crush. Reader's Digest or whatever yeah. <laughs> And nobody is. Everybody hates their life that's in that waiting
0: room. Yeah, they're like, oh, what's going to happen?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's pretty icy, pretty chilly. It is. At the RE. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to wrap things up, but I thought we could end with something a little lighter. (laughs) So, we're not, as we've mentioned many times, we're not doctors, so we don't have to use clinical terms for things. So... I thought we could, um, just for funsies, talk about our favorite slang terms for <laughs> penis or vagina. Oh, my gosh. Okay. This... Because, okay, <laughs> this is where I'm coming from with this. Okay. I can't stand the word vag. <laughs> that I'm was going my use... answer.
0: No, I'm just kidding. I'm...
1: <laughs> I'm banning the use
0: of the word vag on this podcast. Okay. I can deal with that. I hate it. You're going to not like this one. Okay. Because it sounds really weird and gross. But for some reason, in high school, my friend Christina would call a vagina a wizard sleeve. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever heard that? I've not heard that. Like, I don't know where that came from or (laughs) what, but. Wizard sleeve. Yeah. I was like, ew, why, what? Was it because, like, big things can come out of there or what? I don't mm. know. Mm. Has anyone else ever heard that? Because I don't know where it came from or if that's a real thing. If that was just her, or her that special was just word. Heard. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Did go you ahead. want one for penis? I mean, whatever. I don't know. I, I, it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I looked up some... Terms, okay, okay, and I'm gonna read a couple of of the ones I found mildly entertaining. I found these
0: on urbanthesaurus.org. Urban, urban the- <laughs> uh, what? Yes, I thought this was gonna be Urban Dictionary. I no, didn't even read the last part of that. This would be like the
1: sister, the sister site to Urban Dictionary. This is Urban Thesaurus, everybody. Urbanthesaurus.org, and I typed in the word penis. <laughs> Okay, And you can do this yourself There's a whole slew of words For penis So I picked some of my favorites Okay, you've got You've got like your your Normal ones that everybody hears So I'm not going to repeat those Um, Except for schlong, I kind of like schlong I like schlong too (laughs) One-eyed willy (laughs) The Schmecky What? (laughs) I don't know. I've never heard that one. I don't hate it. Okay, then they get they kind of get interesting. Well, twig and berries, I've heard of. Yeah, I've heard that one. The taco hammer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm one eyed trousers. I'm snake. going to Mexican food tonight. Speaking of taco hammer, <laughs> I'm going to get some fundido dip. Mmm, I love tacos, I like real tacos. Um,
1: one-eyed trouser snake. Yeah, I've heard that one. Peeper. Yes. And my personal favorite, the pork
0: sword. Oh, I don't like that one. Okay, I won't use pork sword. Schmecky? Oh, I that like, one. I like Schmecky. I like Schmecky, too.
1: I like Schmecky. I, I missed one. You're not going to like this one, either. The
0: cooch cork. No. That makes me think of, like, an animal. That an has, like, animal? Yeah. I, like, don't, I don't even want to
1: know why. Okay, okay. we're st- we're Schmecky. Schmecky's our favorite. I like Schmecky. Penis word. Okay, here's the vagina ones. I don't like Vajayjay, but it's on here. But it's not my favorite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the lips between the hips. Oh, that my one. gosh. <laughs>
0: The Bajingo. I kind of like Bajingo. Is it Vajingo or Bajingo? Buh, like with a B. Oh. Bajingo.
1: Okay. (laughs) It kind of makes me think of Bingo. Yeah. Bajingo. Okay. Um, The Hot Dog Warmer.
0: Oh.
1: (laughs) Twatosaurus Rex. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. (laughs) Twatosaurus Rex. Um, And then. Okay, Velvet Lounge. Uh, I've, never, uh, I've never heard that one. Nope, never heard that one. And my personal favorite, The Strike Zone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the vagina ones aren't that bad.
1: The vagina ones aren't as bad. So from henceforth, it will be the Schmecky and the Bajingo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it should be the Vajingo.
1: Vajingo. Yeah, okay. That makes we more can, sense to me. We could call it the Vajingo. Um, The schmecky. Yeah. Email us with your uh, favorite slang terms.
0: We're going to be getting some weird emails. I know. Um, But if you want to,
1: you can. Yeah. Um, Or not. Whatever. Uh, Okay. So before we go, we do have some exciting news. Um, We have a giveaway. Let's talk about our giveaway, Sarah. So we... okay. We have a giveaway that we are starting kind of as a promotion for our new podcast. And here's what it is and how it works. Um, Ladies, let's talk about socks. Here's the thing. If you're going through infertility, you know you're going to need socks for all those visits to the stirrups. I left my socks at home once, and let me tell you, it never happened again. (laughs) We're giving away a three-pack of pineapple ankle socks, and these socks are going to be great for spring and summer because they're the cute, no-show ankle socks that you can slip in your handbag if you're wearing sandals or something. Just pull them out when it's time to saddle up. So to enter the giveaway, all you need to do is subscribe to this channel and give us a rating and review on iTunes, and that's it. We'll contact the winner after we close the giveaway, which will be at the end of National Infertility Awareness Week, so you have about two weeks. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Get those reviews in so you can grab these socks. I've got some myself. I'll post a pic on our Instagram, at Infertile Mafia.
0: Speaking of Instagram, don't forget to also join our closed Facebook group called the Infertile Mafia. As Kayla mentioned, follow us on Instagram, at Infertile Mafia. Feel free to send us an email to infertilemafia at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to hear lots of talks about eggs and balls and stuff. In our next episode, we're going to talk about some of the crazy things we've tried while trying to conceive. Send us a note to Instagram, Facebook, or email and let us know some of the stories about the wild and crazy things you've tried.
1: Yeah, and that's going to get interesting. I'll give you guys a hint of my contribution to the topic next week, one word,
0: snowballs. Snowballs. That makes me think of uh, Stepmom. It's a thing. <laughs> it makes you think of what? Stepmom. That movie with Julia Roberts.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah? And the snowball fight? No. Oh, just in <laughs> general? There is a thing.
0: No. There's, oh. Yeah. Okay. If there's anyone knows uh-huh. what I'm talking about. I'll have Let to go back know. and, and uh, watch that.
1: But it, I'm guessing this is not the same. It's something gross. Okay. <laughs> well, this <laughs> is also kind of something gross. Oh, okay. So, anyway, snowballs, they're a thing. All right. That's it for today, everybody. Thanks for joining the Infernal Mafia. Sarah, Bye. call
0: your doctor. I will. Oh, thank you. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.